This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 338 of Talking Friars. Thank you so much for being here on this Wednesday, February 15, 2023. Hopefully everyone is doing well. So just wanted to go over the top storylines heading into spring training. I got like 13 questions, most intriguing spring training questions, which are storylines as well, because that's what we're going to be paying attention to. So I just have some questions that I'm going to rattle off, some things that I'm interested in, other questions that you have that I don't talk about, I don't mention. Feel free to put them in the chat if you're here live on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and turn on the notifications so you don't miss when I go live so you can participate in these live chats. Uh, Let's get started. Before getting to the questions, I wanted to hit on Valley Sports San Diego real quick. Uh, Kevin Acey just put something out in the Union Tribune saying how the Valley Sports broadcasts are not expected to uh, be affected. Like the, the, what do you say? The, the performance of it, the, 
let me let me quote this. Uh, a Padre source and another person familiar with Diamond's Plans, which is Diamond Sports Group. Uh, they operate Valley Sports San Diego, and um, they filed for I think bankrupt bankruptcy. Um, the company announced that it missed an interest payment to bondholders that was due Wednesday, triggering a 30-day grace period, which the company is expected to negotiate with lenders in advance of filing for bankruptcy protection. Uh, Diamond Sports Group said in a statement, it expects business will continue as usual and it will keep broadcasting quality live sports productions while it addresses its balance sheet. So uh, again, with what AC saying here, a Padre source, another person familiar with Diamond Sports Group's plans, said the expectation is that the quality of Valley Sports San Diego broadcast will not be affected. Uh, Rob Manford has said the league could step in to take over local broadcasts if necessary. Uh, bankruptcy, bankruptcy, excuse me, likely means the approximately 50 million the Padres are due from its agreement with Valley Sports San Diego will be diminished or completely wiped out in 2023. So they're just not going to get $50 million from this, this group. Interesting. So we'll see what happens. It does not look like the broadcast quality will be affected. Uh, but I did just want to mention that before we get into the top storylines, top questions heading into the season, most intriguing spring training questions. So let's get to it. I don't have them in any order, but these are just questions that stand out to me, storylines to be watching. Uh, the first one here, how will Tatis look in his first action, first game action, since 2021? Um, we knew that in 2021 he was dealing with some injuries, the shoulder subluxations, but he still was able to hit 42 home runs. He was still able to show how great of an athlete he was, his athleticism. Um, he's a tremendous talent. And so I'm just super excited to see him on the field, his first game action since 2021. How is he going to look? That That's obviously a storyline. What positions will Tatis be playing? Uh, he said yesterday to the media that he's he thinks he can play center field, or essentially he wants to play some center field at least. Um, he's a very great athlete. Uh, and I agree. I think the Padres will be playing him in center field at some point this season. I don't think he's the starting center fielder. I think it just makes more sense to have Tatis be in right field, have Trent Grisham be in center field. Trent Grisham knows what he's doing in center field. Uh, yeah, he did not have a good year with the bat, right? And I, th I think that's going to improve this year. But we know that the defense is going to be there. And I know that gold gloves... They don't matter as much as they used to be. Uh, I mean, last year, Manny was not even nominated for a gold glove, which is just stupid. And Juan Soto was nominated for the gold glove in right field. Um, that doesn't make sense. So I know that some people, they don't value the gold glove as much as some others do. Um, I'm probably in that group that doesn't value the gold glove as, as much as uh, some do, just because of what the voting has come to be. But we know that if you look at Grisham beyond the goal gloves, you still know that he's an above-average defensive center fielder. And he's comfortable playing center field. Uh, and so I think having Tatis being right, he can still 
display athleticism there still. You need a lot of range in right field as well. You can use his arm. I think putting him there, putting Soto in left, I think that's the best defensive alignment as of now for the Padres. Uh, but those are questions. How will he look in spring training? What positions will Tatis be playing? Dennis Lynn did say in The Athletic the other day that second base is still an option for Tatis to be playing during spring training, which I don't understand. I was listening to John and Jim yesterday, uh, and, and John was like, because John said this, John Schaefer, he said this, I think it was last week, uh, about how he wouldn't rule out Tatis playing second base during spring training. And Jim does not agree with that at all. Like, it, it's just a stupid thing. And I'm more on Jim's side with this. Like, why would you play Tatis at second base in spring training when he's not going to play there during the season? Him playing second base would be like a waste of time. Because why would you be playing in there? What would have to happen for Tatis to be playing second base? Uh, Kim gets hurt. Cronenworth gets hurt. Dixon gets hurt. Would they put Tatis at second over Dixon? Maybe because they would rather have David Dahl or Adam Engel in the lineup to go play right field, and then they have Tatis play second, and Carpenter would play first. Carpenter has played some second base too. Um, so, But my point is a lot would have to go wrong for Tatis to be playing second base. So I, I don't think that they should even be thinking about that right now. If he has to play second base, okay, you throw him out there. But doing it in spring training when he's not going to be playing there, it doesn't make sense. There's a higher chance of him playing shortstop, I think, than him playing second base. So uh, we'll see what positions he plays during spring training games. I think right field, center field, a little bit of shortstop probably. Um, I think those are the positions that you're going to be seeing him play. Another question, intriguing storyline, obviously. Probably the most intriguing storyline uh, is the Manny Machado potential extension, those extension talks. We know that he's going to be playing in the WBC, so he's not going to be in Peoria with the team. You would think the Dominican's going to be gone for, uh, the players on the Dominican Republic team are going to be gone for weeks because they're the, they're the favorites to win the whole thing. Team USA is right there with them. I mean, Team USA is stacked as well. So Manny, he's going to be gone for a significant period of time during spring training. So do the Padres try to push this thing along and get this done before he leaves? I don't know when he's leaving for, what is it, Miami? I think that's where the DR plays their first round. Well, that's where they play the whole tournament. Um, I don't know when that is. I assume it's sometime in March, maybe the very end of February here. Um, so when Manny gets to camp, maybe it's today, probably tomorrow. Um, do they try to get something done or do they have some talks, make some progress, and then they really try to get it done before the season starts? Like that's going to be something that we're watching. Uh, reporters are going to be asking Manny about it. If AJ talked to the media, they're going to be asking AJ about that. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think an extension gets done at some point this year. I don't want to guarantee before, before opening day, uh, but I definitely hope, obviously, that it happens before um, opening day because I don't want to be like not enjoying 2023 and the season to the fullest, right? In 2023, this is an amazing, amazing year. This is a team that I've, I, I would 
I dream about, right? Like when I was a kid, I want this amount of talent on the team. Uh, and we finally have it. And so I don't want to be worried about a Manny extension after he hits two homers in a game and the Padres win 10 to one this year. I don't want to be like, oh, well, we still don't have an extension done. No, I want an extension to be done so we can just relax and just celebrate this year and enjoy this season and enjoy all the wins, right? And I don't, I don't want Manny to have to be answering those questions during the season either because I know, like he said at FanFest, his number one priority is not going to be the contract during the season. His number one priority is going to be playing baseball and helping the Padres win games. So that's obviously a big storyline in spring training. Another one, who wins the starting right field job for opening day? Uh, because Tatis, he's obviously going to be suspended for the first 20 games of the season. So who's going to be the starting right fielder? Is it going to be Adam Engel? Is it going to be David Dahl? Is it going to be Jose Azokar? Because I, it's Soto in left field. We know that. Bob Melvin said that yesterday. It's Trent Grisham in center as of now, right? I don't expect them to be traded because they just got Michael Waka. So, like, we were thinking that maybe Grish gets traded for a starting pitcher. Well, it seems like they're just going to go with the starting pitchers that they have, especially after adding Waka. They're going to go with that group, and they're going to go with the depth that they have, see what happens there. I, I don't see Grisham getting traded. I don't see anyone getting traded this spring training. Um, I think the Padres really like where they're at. Uh, so who wins that starting right field job? Is it Angle? I think you could see maybe a platoon if David Dahl has a strong spring training. Have Dahl make the roster. Maybe a Zokar doesn't make the roster because Angle is just like a better Jose Zokar, I think. Um, both have speed. Both play good defense. Angle is probably the better hitter as the higher ceiling offensively, like more power potential. So maybe it's Angle and Dahl. And against lefties, it's Angle that's in the lineup. Against righties, it's Dahl that's in the lineup. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but that is a storyline to watch. That's maybe not a lot of Padres fans are going to be excited or they're going to be so locked into what David Dahl is doing or what Adam Engel is doing in spring training at bats. But as a diehard Padres fan, I'm going to be watching that definitely. That's one of the things I'm going to be watching for. Uh, another thing here what positions will Matt Carpenter play? Is Matt Carpenter going to be starting right fielder? for some games before Tatis returns? How much time is he going to get in the outfield during spring training? Do they want him in the outfield at all in spring training? Or is it just him going to be playing first base when they have Crony at second or when Crony's not playing during one of the spring training games because guys don't usually play three games in a row during spring training that much? Even though Crony does like playing every day, it is spring training. You know, You don't want to go too hard. But Crony does want the reps at first base too. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, that's another question. But Carpenter, I would think that he's going to get the at-bats. Well, Cruz is going to be with Team DR. So I think Carpenter's going to get a lot of DH at-bats. That will allow Jake to have the first base reps, right? Um, Merrill's going to get a lot of playing time, right? Uh, so what positions will Carpenter play? How stretched out will Seth Lugo, Nick Martinez, Michael Walker, and Blake Snell get? We know Blake Snell. He was not like fully ready to go. It didn't seem like built out. That's what I meant. Like built up. He, he, he was not fully built up to start the 2022 season. Um, so how is he going to look? Uh, can he stay consistent in that first half? 
I think part of that's going to depend on how he does in spring training. How much will Seth Lugo be built out, right? Same with Nick Martinez. I think Nick Martinez, he's going to be built up. I mean, built up. Like, he did not go to the World Baseball Classic, or he's not on the World Baseball Classic roster, even though he committed because he wants to be ready for the season. So I'm not totally worried about him, but it's still something to watch. Um, Lugo, Waka, I think Waka's going to be built out just like Martinez. Uh, Lugo, what's their plan with him? Like, we know that they're going to give him the chance to start, but is it like six inning starts or is it more like four innings pitch into the fifth and you have Morahone come in after him and give a few innings? Or you have Chris Matt come in, give a few innings. That's something I'm also looking for um, with Chris Matt. Like, how many innings is he going to be pitching at a time? Because I know with Team Columbia, I saw this yesterday, he's going to be starting for Team Columbia in the WBC. So he should be built up. So is he going to be someone that piggybacks Lugo or piggybacks Snell uh, to start the season if he's on the roster? So we'll see what happens there. That's something to watch out for, uh, something to look for. Another thing here, which depth starting pitcher will stand out among like the group of the Honeywells, the Weathers, Kinnear, Font, Tehran. I know Tehran's going to be with Colombia or is it Col- uh, Venezuela, I think, not Colombia. Or is it Colombia? No, I think it's Colombia. Uh, Chris Matt and Tehran, I think they're on the same team. Um, so who's going to stand out there? Right, Jay Groom is someone I didn't mention, I don't think. Yeah, so who's going to stand out? Uh, the Padres, they seem high on Jay Groom. I mean, they were willing, I think, to pay more of the Hosmer contract in that trade with the Red Sox so that they could get Jay Groom than they would have with other teams. They just wouldn't have gotten back the caliber of talent they think Jay Groom is. So I'm going to be interested in seeing how Jay Groom does this spring training. Um it's really going to be the first that I've watched of him if he's going to be pitching in the TV games that are on Valley. Because uh, I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and say I know a ton about Jay Groom. I'm not going to sit here and say I know a ton about, you know, Wilmer Font. So who's going who's gonna to stand out among that those starting pitching depth options, right? Guys that we thought might might have fought for a six rotation spot, more hone you can throw into that group. Who's going to stand out? Now, it's, they're, they're not going to be fighting for that because they brought in Waka. But who's going to stand out there to be like the ace of the El Paso staff? Or do they pitch so good that you have to think about adding him to the roster to be in the bullpen? I, I, I don't think that someone like Honeywell or Font, they're going to make the big league roster just because we know the rotation's filled and we know the bullpen is pretty much filled. Uh, it seems like from Bob Melvin's comments recently about Chris Matt, like they want Chris Matt on the roster. Uh, so that takes up another spot. But who's going to be like that number one guy in El Paso in case an injury happens, all right, or something something happens, all right, we're bringing this guy up. I'm going to be looking at that. Um, another one here, here, excuse me, will we see Luis Camposano progress towards the starting job? I mean... Th- it's up It's up to Luis, right? Like Bob Melvin told Kevin Acey last week, it's up to Luis. Is he going to perform? Is he going to hit? Is he going to show development behind the plate? Uh, are pitchers going to trust him more than it seemed like they did last year? Like, let's see the development happen here with Camposano. 
I know he's still young, but it feels like it's been like five years of us sitting here wondering, okay, when is Camposano going to be here? Like, when is he going to be consistently catching? When is he going to take over that starting catching role? I know it's not, it hasn't been five years, but it's felt like that. So I'm really interested to see uh, if Campy is going to be showing his development this spring. I don't think that he's going to be the starting catcher on opening day. I think it's going to be Austin Nola, regardless of the performance that Camposano has, assuming that Nola is healthy. Because in past years, he hasn't been healthy to start years, right? I think 2021, I think he started the year not healthy. Um, so someone else had to catch. But um, was it Caratini that year? It might have been Caratini. But um, is Camposano going to make progress to earning that starting job? How many starts is he going to get per week to start the year? Uh, so I'm interested to see what he does in spring training because it's up to him, according to the coaching staff, according to Bob Melvin. Seems like the Padres, hey, they'll give him, they'll give him games behind the plate if he earns it. And key word, earns, right? He's got to earn it. We'll get back to more intriguing questions, key storylines, but first. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, let's get back to the... Storylines here. Another one for me. How will Jake look at first base? Has that new glove? I posted a video here on YouTube um, and on Twitter at Talking Friars uh, of Jake yesterday. He was trying to pick balls at first base, and he he has a new glove, the new first base mitt, uh, and he's kind of struggling, you know, picking balls, and so he was pissed off and cursing a little bit yesterday. This effing glove, and uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, it, that was funny that that whenever I'm I, I kept watching that last night and just kept laughing. Um, pe- some people were freaking out a little bit about it, but it, it's like it's it's the first day, first couple days of him at spring training, um, you know, looking at playing or looking at the new bags, right? The, the bigger bases, getting used to that and a new mitt. So how is he going to look at first base? How is that going to go? I'm interested in seeing that. This isn't like he's never played the position before, but this is going to be the first spring training where he's going to get the majority of his reps at first base. He is taking ground balls at second base. I did see that uh, with Hassan Kim, with uh, Bogarts at short. So he's still going to be going back and forth. He's still going to get time, I would assume, at second base during spring training. But how is he going to look at first base? Because that's his main position. That's going to be his main position going into the season. So I'm interested in seeing that. I'm not worried about how he's looking right now, the first couple days, you know, picking balls at first base. It's a new first baseman. We got to remember, I think he used the same first baseman that Myers used. And Myers, that first baseman, was Matt Stairs' uh, old first base glove. So... Um, he took that probably with him to Cincinnati, uh, cause he'll probably play some first base Joey Votto. I think he still is dealing with an injury, uh, at least to start the year and it's, it's Will's glove now. So Crony got a new glove 
and he just has to work it in. Anyone that has had to work in a new glove, right? For me, I never played first base, but whenever I had a new glove, you know those, what are they called? The, you know, yeah, you, it's like, a, it's like a, a baseball um, shape and there's a stick attached to it and you just pound it into the glove. Like I use that. I know that there's some like machines now at like Dick Sporting Goods and all that that can do it for you. But I like doing that and playing catch with it a lot. Like you got to wear that glove in. You got to get that glove the way you like it, right? So that's going to take time. Um, I assume that Jake was working with it in San Diego uh, when they were working out at Petco. But still, it takes a while to work in. And he, he probably loves his gloves, right? He doesn't want someone else to work it in. He wants to work it in. It's his glove. So some baseball players, they're very particular with that. Like, they want to do it. So it's going to take time. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about Jake. He works his butt off. Um, the batting practices for the Padres season, mem- season ticket holders, the members that I was able to go to last year, he's like one of the first ones out, always playing catch. He's out there early. So he works his butt off. He's one of the leaders on the team. I'm not worried about it, but it's something that I'm going to be watching and paying close attention to, seeing how he looks there. Uh, Drew Pomerantz's health is another thing that uh, is going to be a storyline, something that I'm going to be looking at. Um, he, he should be ready to go by opening day, according to Bob Melvin. But how is he going to look in spring training? He could be ready to go, but maybe he's not pitching well. Um, in spring training numbers, you don't want to take too much into that, but is he pounding the strike zone? How does he look? Is he able to go back-to-back days at the end of spring training? How does he look? That's going to be big. I know that the Padres bullpen, it's talented, right? Josh Hader, Robert Suarez, Luis Garcia, Tim Hill, Morahone, Chris Matt, Steven Wilson. Like, there's a lot of names. Jose Lopez, the Rule 5 guy. Um, there's a lot of names there. There's talent. But if they can add Drew Pomerantz, and Hader's pitching well, Suarez is pitching well, Garcia's pitching well, you have Pomerantz. Those are your, like, big four relievers. You could have Blake Snow go five innings and the game's over after five innings if everyone's pitching well. And Pomerantz is that sixth-inning guy or he's the seventh-inning guy and Garcia's a fifth-inning guy, you know? And they have Tim Hill that you can throw in there, right? Like, And Morahone obviously can pitch some of those six, seven innings. Sixth, seventh inning is what I meant to say. So Pomerantz, I mean, when he's healthy, like he's a very impactful reliever. Um, I want to go back to his 2019 season. I want to, I, I want to say that's what year it was. 2019. Oh no, he had a 4.85 ERA. Um, what year was it? No, it was no. It's 2021. 27 games. So th- that's not a lot of games, right? Um, you want relievers to go like 50 games, right? 2021, he had a 175 ERA. Yeah, it's the it's the small sample size, 27 games, 25 and two thirds innings, but a 175 ERA. 2020, short sample size, 20 games in the short season with the Padres, a 145 ERA. He had a 239 ERA with Milwaukee at the end of the 2019 season in 25 games. So recently, when he's been healthy, like. His most recent seasons, I know that that wasn't like recently, but when he's been healthy, his last seasons that he has been healthy, he's pitched well. 
So that that's something I'm going to be looking at. Uh, Pomerantz's health this spring. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like, if casual and cool, had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. And how he's looking. Uh, Adjusting to the rule changes, obviously, is another storyline. The bases are bigger. So we'll see if if the stolen bases increase. I don't know if that's something we're going to be seeing in spring training or if that's just more something we're going to be seeing in the regular season. And Trey Turner's going to be stealing every time he's on first, or Tatis is going to be stealing every time he's on first. I don't know how much of an impact the bigger bases are going to have. They'll have an impact, I think. I mean, they are significantly bigger. I mean, Alex Cora was calling the bases pizza boxes. Um, It's probably an exaggeration, but they are bigger. Like, you can tell the difference. We'll get used to it, but you can tell the difference. So I'm interested to see what the impact is there. The pitch clock, obviously. Padres pitchers, uh, they're throwing bullpens right now in Peoria. And behind them, behind the catcher, they have the 15-second pitch clock. So when runners are on base, 15 seconds, go. 20 seconds without runners, or excuse me, 20 seconds, I think, with runners on base. 15 seconds without runners on base. I think that's what it is. I could be flip-flopping them. Uh, But they have the clock behind them. And that's smart. I mean, I Probably every, that's not something that only the Padres are doing. I'm sure every team's doing that. You, they'd be stupid to not do it, right? You got to, this is what's going to happen during games. So you got to get used to it. Have as much time with these clocks as you can before the season starts. So seeing that, how many balls are issued because guys aren't ready to go. Batters, by the way, they have, they have eight seconds to get back into the box and be ready. Um, so we'll see what effect. That has on some guys. Uh, the WBC guys, they're not going to be playing under those same rules when they play in those tournaments. So are, are they going to get... They're going to be playing under them for the first games that they play in spring training. Then they go to the WBC. They're not playing under those rules. Then they come back for like a week, maybe. A couple weeks. Play under those rules. And then they're playing under those rules during the big league season. So I'm interested in seeing how that goes. Um, what other rule changes? The shift, obviously, seeing how Joey Gallo does and those at bats in spring training, right? How Juan Soto does without the shift. Uh, I think you could still shift in the WBC, right? There's no like rule against that because they're not playing with the MLB rules. Um, so I'm seeing. I want to see the effect of that. I don't know what the effect's going to be in spring training because spring training, a lot of it is players just trying to get timing, trying to get at bats, right? I don't, they don't care about the results, right? Like you want to put, put good swings on the ball, but you hit a, a buck 90, who cares? 
it's spring training, right? The big league players, they don't care. And I'm not going to overreact to that, right? Um, but it, it's more of the major league season. But seeing the rule changes still in spring training implemented, seeing how it looks, uh, the box, right? The I guess the umpires are going to be more strict on that this year. And you can only lift your leg up once. Once you lift your leg up, you got to go. Uh, either pick off or you got to pitch. Because there's guys in the league like Luis Garcia with the Astros. Um, Nestor Cortez, he does. I don't think he lifts his leg up more than once. He has the the shimmy like different. He you know rocks back and forth a little bit like balance. You know it's weird. He has a weird delivery. It's it's different. I think he can still do that, but they're going to be more strict with the box um, than they have been previously. So I'm I'm going to be interested in seeing that. Um, so yeah, that that's another question that that's something that's a storyline to be watching obviously uh, in spring training jackson merrill's development that's something i'm going to be watching um he's going to get a lot of playing time because xander's going to be with netherlands in the wbc that'll open us open up a spot manny's going to be away with the dr that's going to open up a spot Hassan kim's going to be away with korea that's going to open up another spot so crony will get playing time at second base with carpenter playing at first Carpenter might get time a little bit at second base. Uh, Brandon Dixon will get time at third, at second base when Manny's gone, when Kim's gone, and Merrill's going to get time at shortstop. Tatis will get probably time at shortstop as well, uh, but Merrill's going to get plenty of time, I would think, at shortstop. He's probably going to be playing full games um, or at least come in after the third or fourth inning when Xander's done. Uh, when whatever amount of games he's playing for the Padres in spring training, and then he'll play the rest of the game because I, he's only 19, but he's the top prospect in the Padres organization, and the Padres think very highly of him, right? They didn't trade him in the Soto deal. They thought very highly of Wood, but they they dealt him, right? They didn't want to give up Merrill. They didn't have, and luck, lucky for us, it seems like, we didn't we, we still have Merrill in the organization, right? Padres didn't have to give him up. So... Uh, I'm very interested in seeing Merrill. It's another thing. Uh, I forget who I was saying earlier. Uh, I think Jay Groom, right? Seeing how he pitches because I, this is like my first real time seeing him. I'm not going to sit here and say I watched every Jay Groom minor league start that he had uh, last year. Um, so Merrill, I, I've seen him play before, but I don't have the minor league package like some people might have uh, because I'm watching the Padres games every night. Uh, and watching every pitch of those games. So uh, I see the highlights from Merrill, and he looks he looks really good. Uh, but seeing him play, like every seeing every pitch of the at-bats, seeing how he looks, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing that. Like, how fast is this guy going to get, how fast, excuse me, is this guy going to get to the big leagues? Um, because where is he going to start this year? Double A? How good of a how good of a spring training is he going to have? Is that going to have an effect on where he starts the season? Is it going to start in Double A or is he going to be in High A? Um, and at the end of this season, where is he? Is he in Triple A, or is it just a full year, you know, in Double A? Uh, so I'm interested in seeing that from Jackson Merrill, his development this spring, and then the last one. I'll get to the chat, obviously. More moves from AJ. Are there going to be any more moves? Um, I don't think that there needs to be any more moves. And 
that's something that we're not used to saying, right, with A.J. Preller. Or not, I'm just not used to saying that just as a Padres fan, right? But we have the pitching depth right now. We have the starting rotation filled out. We have a ton of talent in the lineup. Um, the bullpen, we have a ton of talent there. Like, what other moves need to be made in spring training? I, I, so I don't think that there needs to be any more moves in spring training. I'm going to be looking at, is AJ going to make any moves? Um, what's that 40-man roster move going to be for Waka? Um, how long do certain guys stay up in big league camp, certain prospects? So I'm very interested in seeing that. Uh, I was just checking Twitter here. Oh, wow. Frankie Matas, Yankee pitcher, going to undergo shoulder surgery. Could cause him to miss the whole season. Best case, return late this season. That's not Padres, but... Um, wow. The Padres may have been interested in him at some point, so linking it back to the Padres. Good thing they didn't make that move. Uh, wow. All right, so those were my storylines, top storylines, top questions that I'm going to be, or that I'm asking right now, and I'm going to be waiting for that answer to come at some point during spring training. Let's see what the chat says, uh, what their storylines are for spring training. What are you guys looking forward to? Uh, someone here says, I, I heard the Yankees want Machado on New York radio today. Well, yeah, cool. They can want Machado. I'm sure every team in baseball wants Machado, except the Rockies. They don't want to spend money. Um, and maybe the Reds, because they don't want to spend money. Machado too, and Machado, it seems like he wants to be with the Padres. They just got to work out the money. And the Padres... They've got to come to him with a respectable offer, right, to continue those negotiations. Uh, Roland D. Pomey asks, who do you favor to win the backup catcher role, Luis Camposano or Pedro Severino? Uh, Camposano, yes. Severino was signed, I think, on a minor league deal. Camposano, he was the backup catcher last year at the end of last year. I know Alfaro was there, but it was Camposano, really. And uh, if Camposano is not the backup catcher and he's in the minors and Severino's the backup catcher, that's trouble. Like Camposano didn't develop. He didn't show progress and, and that would be bad. So Camposano's the favorite for that, definitely. Uh, Pedro with the question here. By the way, if you want me to make sure I get to your question, your comment, you can use that super chat button, a great way to support the channel. I appreciate everyone's support here, being here on this Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Uh, Pedro here. What happened to Profar? Uh, nothing. Um, he has not signed with the team. He opted out, which he was going to get like seven, eight mil, I think, from the Padres in 2023. He thought he was going to get a lot more money in free agency. There were some experts. I think Jim Bowden was one of them that was predicting him to get five years, 75 mil in free agency, like Ben Benintendi got from the White Sox, but that just wasn't going to happen. And he's just sitting out there. Feels like it's Michael Walker, right? Walker was asking for 30 mil, two years. Teams weren't going to give him that. Profar is probably asking for more than what teams are going to give him. And it's the off, it's the off season's like over now, right? It's spring training. Guys are in camp. 
So most rosters have been filled out. So teams probably aren't, you know, running to Profar and saying, here, take our offer, take our offer. Profar is going to have to come back to teams, uh, you know, with a lesser asking price. So nothing happened to him. He hasn't signed with anyone. He's, he's just a free agent. Yeah, Gil, that's, that's a, a good question. What does Anderson Espinoza have left? Yeah, that's not going to be at the top of probably Padres fans' list, but uh, Preller traded him in that Marisnik deal. I still don't know under. I still don't understand why Preller made that deal. That's not what the Padres needed in 2021, but that's the move that he made. Uh, they needed starting pitching, and he goes and trades for Jake Marisnik. Uh, but yeah, Espinoza was brought back in the organization. I don't know where he's going to start the year. I don't even know. Was he in double A? Was he in high A? Like, where was he? I don't know. Um, let me look that up. Anderson Espinoza. But yeah, I mean, he was very highly regarded, right, by the Padres for years. And he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, right? He pitched a couple games, a few games. Looks like seven games with the Cubs last year. Over 18 innings there at the big league level. So good for him that he reached the big leagues. Uh, looks like, yeah, so he ended the year with the Cubs. Padres picked him up, and he played in the Venezuelan Winter League. Uh, how many innings? 21 innings. No, wait. Innings. No, only three innings. Sorry. His ERA was 21. Three innings gave up seven earned runs, five walks. So not great, but that's very small. That's that's like one appearance. Um, yeah. What does he have left? Where is he going to be? Um, I'm not holding out a lot of hope for him, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, Devin with the question here, will there be any... Will there be inning limits for any of our starters bearing that bearing they will underperform or overperform? Like, is, is this a question for like spring training? Like you're, this is a question that you're interested in. Will there be inning limits for any of our starters? Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. I'm interested in seeing what their plan is with Lugo. How many innings, how many innings is more home stretched out for? How many innings is Snell going in those spring training starts? Those are the guys that I can think of. Like, Darvish knows what he's doing. I'm not concerned about him. Musgrove knows what he's doing. Uh, Waka, he's a veteran. Uh, Nick Martinez, seems like he's going to be built up. Um, they are going with the six-man, it seems like. Melvin is not committed that they are, but they brought in Waka, and they already have five other starters. So that leads you to believe that they're going to a six-man. So, yeah, uh, maybe they do have inning limits and they'll go with piggybacks to start the year or they're just okay with going with smaller number of innings to start the year and starts for certain guys uh, because the bullpen is fresh. So we'll see. But also at the beginning of the year, they have an extra day. So maybe they go longer because they have an extra day. Darvish and Musgrove, maybe they go longer because they get that extra day. They can have like a full day of resting and doing nothing before getting back into the running, the lifting, right, the throwing, leading up to their next start. Musgrove was talking about that yesterday with the media. 
So we'll see. Yeah, thanks for the compliment about the hat. Yeah, I got that for Christmas. Yeah, Devin says DeGrom has tightness in his backside. Yeah, that's not Padres related, but yeah, the injury is already, maybe that's not an injury, that's just tightness in his back. But yeah, it's already starting. And it's, co it's cold in Arizona right now. So I'm not surprised the Rangers are going to take precautions. Um, I mean, they gave him $185 million. Like they need to keep that guy healthy. So I'm I, just as a baseball fan, I'm very interested in seeing that what the Texas Rangers do this year, how those guys look, how DeGrom looks. It's it it seems like he's more happy with the Rangers and he, he didn't really want to be in New York. So we'll see what happens with him. MCC951 says looking for a Grisham bounce back with the bat. I agree. The potential is there. Get on base more. He doesn't need to be like Tatis and hit 40 homers. Uh just get on base more. Have a little bit higher average. Uh, just get get closer to that potential that we know that he has offensively. Um, he can do that. I'm good with him as the eight nine hitter in the lineup and and play above average defense in center. Yeah, I, I I'm hoping for a bounce back year from Grish as well. Allen says we should go for Brian Reynolds. He wants to be traded. Yeah, he wants to be traded, but. That's just because the Pirates aren't giving him the money. They're not respecting him. They're not giving him respectable offers. Uh, it seems like he's fine with being in Pittsburgh. It's just the money. Um, so let's say Pittsburgh doesn't want to give him the money. Okay, he still wants to be traded. He still wants to be traded, by the way, because the Pittsburgh Pirates, they haven't improved their extension offer, it doesn't seem like. Uh, their extension offer, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, it was like $70 million, something around there for like six, seven years, like total low ball, um, just disrespectful offer for Brian Reynolds. And he's like, all right, I want to be traded then. Uh, the Pirates, they don't feel any pressure to trade him. I don't see the Padres acquiring Brian Reynolds. I don't think they need to acquire Brian Reynolds. Like the talent that is in the lineup offensively right now, Tatis when he comes back, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Cronoworth, Carpenter, Cruz, Kim, probably a better year from Grisham. They have the offense. Um, they don't need to force a trade for Brian Reynolds. I like Grishin center. I want to give him a chance to bounce back. I like Tatis and Soto in the outfield, two of the best players in the game on the corners. Um, I want to see how David Dahl does in spring training, how Adam Engel does in spring training. Like, I'd rather run with that right now than forcing a trade when they don't need to trade for Brian Reynolds. They have one of the best offenses on paper in baseball. So that's something to look at down the line, not something to look at like right now. Um, and then Ace here says, when will the Waka contract get announced? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Ken Rosenthal reported last night that it's probably going to be a multi-year deal. There's going to be player options, club options that protect uh, Waka's upside and protect Waka's downside. So what that means is sort of like the Nick Martinez deal. If he pitches well, then he can opt out and go to free agency. Um, if he doesn't pitch well, then he has a player option for a certain amount of money. I don't know how much that would be. Um, 
there's probably going to be club options to protect the Padres as well. Like, okay, we'll give you a club option, Michael Waka, for $10 million or something next year if you pitch well. And that's going to be your salary. And that'll be a raise compared to what he gets this year. I I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe it is a raise. Maybe maybe it isn't. I would think that it, it would be a raise. Um, so the Padres probably are going to do this to protect themselves a little bit. But Waka, a deal that he signed, that could be up to four years, it seems like, 24 mil. Um, he signed this deal because it's a good deal for him too, right? It's not just a four-year deal. There's opt-outs involved, so he can go get more money in free agency if he pitches really well or if he just doesn't want to be with the Padres anymore. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, it's, it's an A.J. Preller contract, definitely. Very Preller-like, which I like as a Darren fan. Like I know a lot of people a lot of fans it's going to be confusing and it'll probably be confusing for me you know first looking at it uh like the martinez one was a little bit i know it was confusing for a lot of people uh jim russell one of them by the way he was kind of uh confused by it on the radio when that contract happened uh, i remember that for some reason um but yeah well, well i'm i'm interested in seeing how that contract looks definitely all right so that'll do it talking friars episode 338 thank you so much everyone for being here thank you for the time podcast listeners thank you for listening youtube audience thank you for watching thank you for supporting i really do appreciate it have a great rest of your wednesday go padres i'll talk to you later see ya